Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspiratement podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective, from relationships, sex, and sexuality to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. In this space, we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Welcome to episode number 53 of Talk Truth. And it's me, your boy, Mario Evan. You don't know it, go already. Happy to be here on another Sunday, grateful and ever blessed. To kick off today's episode, we are going to read a review because it's been a minute. And this one comes from Great Britain and it's from Apoiza. That's A-P-O-Y-Z-A. Apoiza gave us a five-star review titled, Wow. And she said, I'm assuming you're female. And if you're not, I apologize. I discovered this podcast during the corona crisis and lockdown. I've listened to three episodes so far and I'm hungry for more. So going through the past episodes... Genuine, fearless, entertaining, and truthful. Keep it up. Apoiza, thank you for the five-star review. We thank you for your time. We love it. You don't know it already. Keep listening and much love, blessings, and guidance. Thanks again. Oh, gosh. Guys, welcome to my next episode of Talk Truth. And guess what? I have a new guest, as, as, as always, when it's not me alone. Um, and I like to ask my guests to introduce themselves because when you have these fascinating people that do many things... Literally, the bio is just too much for me to do. They can sum it up better than I can. Welcome today, Shelly Green. And we're going to be talking about fearlessness. Shelly, welcome. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's the first thing. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I was asked that same question doing a um, a meeting this week. And I really didn't have an answer. You mean how to introduce, to introduce yes. yourself? Yes. And I just felt so weird because... What do I talk about? Do I talk about what my career has been? Because I don't see that as something that defines who I am. I like it. And that's why I like to ask it. Because because for people who think in a certain way, it's almost like, is it who I am or what I do? Exactly. And those are two very different questions. But introduce yourself could be that. Completely. So for me, if I'm introducing myself, I'm an ambivert. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Right. I'm an empath. Yes. Um, ENTJ comes to mind. And if you're into um, other dimensions of analyzing oneself, then I'm not familiar. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, um, and I'm messing this up right now, but it's, no, it's uh, perfect. And we know ENTJ is Myers Briggs, guys. Go and do yours. I, I may <laughs> actually be ENTJ as well. So even though I did, I was INTJ once. So I'm I like, was wait, once ha- too. Maybe it shifts a little bit. <laughs> Which it, is it why can, now as you, change, as you mature, yeah, or I go to just saying like I'm am, I'm ambivert, right. so I'm in between. So like I the can e I. present as an extrovert sometimes, and sometimes you're an introvert. Completely an yeah. introvert. Like, or, and your intro could be something like I'm Shelley Green, Jamaican goddess of the earth. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> facts. But <laughs> no, no, that's not it. No, that's not it at all. But I really do, I struggle with introducing myself. Yeah. No. Yeah, I struggle with introducing myself because I really don't know. I think about what other people want to hear also. Right. Well, well, you've given us a little picture of what you, the human, is like. Tell me a little bit about, before we launch into the fearlessness, tell me a little bit about what you do, if you don't mind. So right now, I am the executive director for diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, with a government contracting company. I say government. I'm in Jamaica, yes, but it's a U.S.-based company, mm-hmm. a U.S. company, and right. they're based out of Colorado. So they have a global footprint, and uh, they're in several spaces with different three-letter agencies and, um, you know, Army, Navy, that type of thing. Right. Prior to that role, I was a program manager. I was in the quality and safety space. So I've matured so to speak with the company over an 11 year period right. which, uh, is, so, which is which is excellent i mean are there a lot of people that look like you at the company no. so, so well i mean your whole you your whole that. job is to, in, to ensure that actually that's interesting when you started were there people that looked like you <clears throat> so there were always people at my level uh that looked like me yeah uh, as you progress in most of these organizations the people that look like you uh start changing so 
I was actually the first person in my company to be an executive director. So I'm the first black female executive. Uh, there's a male VP right. who's black, but I'm the first female. So that was kind of a shocker, too, for it to be 2020. And here I am, yeah. you know, and then I'm also in a diversity space. So that was a little bit odd. Right. I'm no longer the only one. So just this month, uh, I had someone else join um, as an executive director and a black female as well. So that was really good. You know, what's funny. I, w- I want to say congratulations. And I mean that genuinely. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, we should be way past having to say congratulations. You know? But that's where <laughs> we're going. Right. It yeah. should just be like, this is. Yeah, this is. Yeah. This yeah. is what it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. But given the space we're in, congrats. Thank that's you. All, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, you know, so being from Ocho Rios, Jamaica, uh, I always kind of look at it like I'm just a simple little, you know, yeah, village Jam- girl. Jamaica like, country girl, right? <laughs> country right. girl. I'm gonna love my country. Right. And for me to, you know, just kind of step back and acknowledge, like, you know, that that's pretty cool yeah. that you've been able to attain the success um, in other people's eyes, and in my eyes, it's. I am so fortunate to be in a space where I can affect change in so many people's lives. And the change I'm referencing is uh, making sure that we are inclusive and that their concerns are heard and that they're seen. And that is extremely fulfilling. Well, I like where you led me because you mentioned how people see successes in their eyes. Um, And this episode today is about fearlessness. Do you have a definition for fear in your own words? And then I can back it up with an internet definition. But in your mind, what would you say is fear? Full disclosure, yeah. I thought before coming to find a, a dictionary definition for you. Because you would. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's my personality. <laughs> and I kind of love it. But yeah, because yeah, preparation is always key Absolutely. To life, right? And I had my notebook and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I have set points that I talk about fearlessness. And then I thought, you know what? The only thing I can say is just how I've approached life. And fearlessness in my definition yeah. is stepping into discomfort mm. and being okay with the results. Wow. And I know that sounds so odd, but for me, that's kind of what's worked. I have been uncomfortable. There's been situations where it just didn't feel right but what felt right was my belief that it's gonna be okay i don't have to worry yo you see because i love oprah so much i would have called that (laughs) an aha moment but because this is talk truth i'm gonna call that like a truth bomb which i've used before wow stepping into discomfort and being okay with it yeah i really like that i really like that because most times fear the things we fear we're uncomfortable with so it's like stepping into that and then whatever the outcome, whatever the outcome, you just have to be able to deal with it. I'm going to look at one online, which says, let us quote, it's from Oxford Languages. And it says an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm. So I guess whatever you're the thing that you're fearful of, those emotions will come by. So I am a grown ass man and I don't like croaking lizards, but I don't say I'm afraid of them because I can kill them. So there are levels of fear for the croaker story. So if I see one on a wall, I'll spray it, it drop with its fat self and then I smack it to death. To me, I don't consider that fear because I'm able to kind of even get close to it. Mm-hmm. Then I have friends who if they see one, they'll scream and run. Right. And I think that's a different level of fear. But I do have some element of fear for them. Right. Because I don't want them in my space. But am, am I afraid that they'll cause me danger, pain, or harm? I don't know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. How fear can sometimes not be justifiable. Because yeah. that little lizard couldn't do, do anything to me. Yeah. You're uncomfortable with something. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't yeah. like how it moves. It moves slow. And I think of it on my skin and maybe what it would feel like if it's stuck on me. Maybe these yeah. are the kind of thoughts yeah. going yeah. through your mind. And that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. So um, out the gate, would, do you see yourself as a fearless person? And, and, but while you think about that, at the point when you started to embrace this word, is it that people were telling you that you were fearless or you actually think of yourself as fearless? So I don't see myself as being fearless. And I actually had a conversation with my namesake, Shelly. Yeah. Uh, and we were conversing about hey, I'm going to have a conversation about fearlessness. Right. And I literally had to call. I have a circle of, of seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the people that keep me centered. <laughs> Sounds like a Netflix right? show, circle of seven. 
2023. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and and it's also family. So yeah. I, I call my cousin and I'm like, Anna, like, if I'm going to talk about this, like, what would you say that I talk about? And, right. Uh, she was like, oh my gosh, Shelly, you know, you've taken on so many things that I would never think to do. Yeah. Or I just admired. And when she started relaying to me what she saw from what I did, and for me, it was just being normal. It was okay, it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it. Right. Because I I truly believe that my path is being directed and, you know, by God or whoever you feel. For right. me, it's my path is directed by God. So I don't have to have that feeling of fear. Right. Faith, faith will trump fear. It trumps it completely, but I have faith in knowing it's going to be okay. Yeah. That yeah. my path is already predestined. So if I'm here, I'm meant to be here. It doesn't eliminate the fact that you do not have, that you, ha- you may have feelings of fear sometimes, right? I will have feelings of discomfort. Discomfort. And that's how I phrase it. Right. I will always have that feeling of discomfort. We won't even use anxiety or fear. We use discomfort. Discomfort. Right. It's, it's just not comfortable. Right. But it doesn't prevent me from making that move and uh to your question uh it's what people have shared with me that makes me think of it otherwise i wouldn't have thought of it and i can relate to that all right what i'm going to do now though is clearly your journey has helped people see you as fearless (laughs) so let's take it back to young Mm shelly you were born in jamaica of course tell me about shelly the young girl what your life was like, how your parents raised you, and what that foundation was like for you. So I was fortunate to go into the private school system. Mm -hmm. So uh, that created an environment where you're in smaller class settings. Yeah. For me, it was everybody was almost a relative (laughs) because I'm from Ocho Rios. Right. Everybody know everybody. Everybody know everybody. Pretty much. At the time when I grew up. Right. Mm -hmm. And... um, I had an opportunity just to completely be myself and to come into my own and experience life fully. So I was a very expressive person and I've always been very expressive. If you're around me and you know me, you know that I'm going to say how I feel. Right. Um, I'm going to feel whatever emotion. So if I miss you, I'm going to tell you that I miss you. If I love you, I'm going to tell you I love you. You're going to take us from right through it, from the start (laughs) to the end. We're going to get all of you. You're going to get all of it. Right. And I never turned that off. So in the early years, um, I just just lived and I just experienced life fully. Yeah. Uh, Went to high school and that was challenged. Uh, all of this is in Jamaica, right? This is all in mm-hmm, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. I did do high school here. Mm-hmm. And at 15 is when I moved overseas. Right. So that was a, even a whole different experience because I'm leaving my comfort zone. I knew because many of my peers were leaving at the time. and uh, But that wasn't by choice, though. You it was to, not by right, choice. Right. But it was also a decision, a conscious decision that was made by my parents because of opportunities right. uh, for college and so on. And the good thing is I had... Uh, enough people from my peer group who also moved. Right. So we started so that whole experience network, together. Right. right. But were, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't all at the same time. Right, 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 right. <laughs> we kind of found each other as we started assimilating into American culture. And that was, uh, it was difficult. Right. It was difficult because it was that culture shock. You know, when you leave your, your home country and you know everybody and then you go to an environment where, for me, I had to overcome some of the isms with different groups that right, right, were not right. familiar to me. Uh, right. As a whole set of different isms than our isms. Yeah. yeah. And, and understanding that, you know, change is going to come. But I almost feel like our culture prepares us for challenges. Like, I did not have a feeling as though, you know, okay, let me step back. What I always... I'm reminded of because my mom is very similar. Well, I'm very similar to to your mom. mom. Mm -hmm. And it's always, well, you're Jamaican or you're my (laughs) daughter. What else? You know, and that's something that comes from our culture. We're like, what do you expect? Right. We we don't feel we can't falter, right? We're strong. Yeah. (laughs) The word I like to we're resilient. Very resilient resilient, people. Very resilient. And yeah, I always think about natural disasters and Caribbean resilience. Um, Yeah, Haiti and people are like the Haitians should move out before. They're always worried about just wanting to leave when things go bad, and the Haitians are like, "I'm home." Right. 
this place is rum is crumbled up right <laughs> but this is this is home i'm going to rebuild and and that's an interesting dynamic all by itself yeah. because of just the history of resilience yeah. for the haitian people yeah uh but to to your point about what my friends and my my cousin observed it's you know i got married young too yeah. So I'm also the one that's going to step out and everybody's like, what? What are you doing? How old is and you? And at 18, <laughs> We're going to come married. back to that, but you got married at 18. <laughs> uh, we're not going there yet. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, what I want to do, I'm coming back to you moving. I want to take it back to childhood quickly. And what I want to know, were there things that you were doing, activities? Um, were your parents pushing you to be someone who's trying new things? So how much of it is you? How much of it is learned? Because of the space that you're in with the adults that are around you and cousins and people. So I think a lot of it is learned from my mother because yeah. of her fearlessness, right? She's a fearless person. So she's always taking risks. Yeah. And she took risks in business. She took risks in every aspect of her life. Not the risk Mom's averse. always, mm-hmm. yeah. Mom's the, you know, adrenaline junkie too, yeah. you know? So we were exposed to everything. So I was exposed to every activity. You were her adrenaline junkie baby. Adrenaline <laughs> baby. <laughs> but not even like that. I was just, it's, I don't, I feel like it was just, baby, it's where I grew up, but it was part of the culture. Yeah. You had to do yeah. everything. You know, yeah, if I'm going to be a part of the play, like if they ask you to be the lead in the play, you just had to yeah, do it. Like, there yeah. was no, yeah, there's no option. Yeah, there's no you option. Know, my singing voice wasn't that great at that point, but I had but to you're the sing lead. the lead. Right? <laughs> the end. <laughs> right. I'm the lead. It. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. So I got, you know, the fastest girl on sports day. Yeah. That's just, it's things were just, uh, it was almost, it's innate. So yeah, it was, it, yeah. it was just a part of, it was just a part of the culture of, how i was nurtured i bring it up because fear is i believe a learned behavior Mm. children are born fearless because they have no concept of judgment um being different they come into the world to play and eat Mm -hmm. and sleep yeah and then they remain fearless and curious but then the influence of society is when fear develops yeah so i think the difficulty for most adults is maintaining fearlessness into adulthood yeah while those constructs start to come mm-hmm. that's why i ask so so but what i like though is that you didn't have a restricted tri- childhood and you had a fearless mom so that was generally a kind of your space to exist right. and, and the culture and the jamaican culture feeding into that as well right all right so that carries forward you move to the u.s which is a huge jump as a yes. teenager especially because right there is when you formed a lot of friendships mm-hmm. Um, going through well, going to go through puberty already, but you're still growing. Yeah, breasts are grow, body are grow, everything right. change. So I was a late bloomer too. <laughs> so your so, breasts were just growing. Right, right. Well, well, and once they grew, that's all you saw. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, guys. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So it was horrible that part of it. Yeah, but then you know, I I'm in America now. I'm you know acclimating to this culture that even though you're exposed to it in jamaica it's not the same were you afraid to go i was very afraid to go because i didn't want to be in their school system because Mm -hmm. i my perception of that that what was taught to me right but (laughs) not only that but there was a level of violence associated with that um for the major cities that we would normally be in right so i was fearful of going to new york right i was and i'm using fear now because that's exactly what i felt i didn't fully understand Mm -hmm. that it was discomfort for me now as an adult you know i get it but then it was oh no i will not go and live in new york mom and what we see in the movies and the subways and ratchet nights and that's legit yeah Yeah, that's legitimate exactly exactly so i'm like no no that's that's not (laughs) that's not not my ministry no i'm not gonna do that no it was it was it was scary and then you get there and then it's nothing like that yeah or there are elements like that but then you realize oh yeah i could i could do this yeah and friendship dynamics was one of those things that i was still building as a teenager here so going there it was really interesting to kind of see how i i met my best friend who's a sister who's everything at this point but i met her during that whole experience of acclimating to that culture yeah and we were able to kind of journey along together and really help each other through different moments of discomfort and 
push along. And I'm going to get to that a mm-hmm. little a little bit more when I kind of transition from, okay, so now I get married and then I realize, oh, this marriage is, you know, right. I'm too young. This is not what I want because we now have a, we're at an impasse. He wants something that I don't. And I realized my path was going towards being an attorney. Like I wanted to be a lawyer and he was doing things that were contrary to that, that would not, uh, you know, I'm still part of a a social group that looks at certain things uh, in a specific way. So if I'm going to do this, then you should at least be equally yoked as we would term it right but yeah how, and it was contrary, contrary to that how, how bold of you though to get married at 18 what was what Very. was happening in your mind at the time because you would have just moved at 15 yep. in a brand new space and i'm guessing that he's american yes oh yeah so 18 what what, yeah. what led up to that <laughs> i wanted to feel free so i again same thing with my mom. She's very much a free spirit. Yeah. And I just wanted to be free of my parents, free of the things that were expected of me at that age. You know, I had to do this and I had to be under someone else's rules and I just didn't want it. But I also figured out at the time you were in love. Oh, I was absolutely in love. Yeah, I don't think oh you'd get married if you're not in, I was in love. so in love. So it oh. felt right. <laughs> oh, it felt amazingly right. I was so in love with him. Yeah. So in love with him that even his family to this day, I have adopted his family. We're still really close and they're like my cousins Um, because his cousins are still very close to me today. Right. And I have no relationship with him at all. Right. But I married into a family that I absolutely loved and I was so in love so in love. But, I, but you know what's funny? You didn't step into the marriage in discomfort. I think the only uncomfortable no. things about the marriage were the societal expectations. Absolutely. That, that one, you're too young. Yeah. And I'm sure your Jamaican family was thinking, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So his family was also Jamaican, though he was born in gotcha. the US. All right, cool. But yeah. they had moved many, many years right. before. Right. So it was still some, some sense of, mm-hmm. you know, commonness and, and similarity, but it was, um, it was still... Put it this way. At one point, his mom sat me down and she said, Shelly, this is not the relationship for you. What? Yeah. And it was so hard to hear someone that I love tell me that. About their own son? Their own son. Yeah. Which is big. And that was love. Which is big, yeah. That love for you so and love, love for him. Love for, for both of you. Love, love for both love of for us. Both of you. And I love her absolutely. She told you that to leading day. to the end of the relationship or when somewhere in When she saw the... that things were not aligning the way they should. She said it. And she saw that my headspace was in a total different place than where her own son was. She advised me to to leave that relationship. That's that's mature, eh? Yeah, it was. So (laughs) hearing it was really difficult. (laughs) But But I've always been one to process things. And if I have respect for you, I'm going to hear what you have to say and process it and then come up with my own conclusion. And what that did was it helped to plant the seed for wait, am I settling in a situation that's not right for me? And that's when I stepped out again into discomfort and decided, you know what? I was staying home. I was in college and it was, it, this is now I'm not 18 anymore. I'm getting closer to 20. I'm going to be 21. And I'm like, I haven't finished college. I need to do that. And I need to go away. I'm not going to stay in South Florida. I'm going to go away to North Florida and I'm going to go away to school. And I looked to my best friend who I'd mentioned before and, you know, we, at that point, we had just bought homes. So we're young homeowners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have responsibilities. Yeah. And I come to her and I'm like, I want to move We can't again. do it. We, yeah. yeah. We're not going to, we can't stand these jobs. We're going to be stuck getting XYZ pay for umpteen years. This isn't going to work. Let's leave. Let's go get our college so experience. So now you're trying to bring people into your fear, fearless <laughs> life. <laughs> and she's grateful for it to this day. Yeah. She is yeah. grateful for it today, to this day because we stepped out. So just, it was, in good, it was in good judgment, right? It was in great but judgment. But here's the thing, Shelly, why this conversation is so interesting is because I don't think the majority of humans living are capable of making these kinds of steps, which is why... They perceive you as so yeah. unique and fearless. But this is for this is living for you. This, this is, is living, this is life for you. But for most people, being stuck is not uncommon. You know, being unable to just make it past that next barrier yeah. is not uncommon. Starting a YouTube channel, doing a podcast. Yeah. They get stuck so much processing, putting themselves out there. Yeah. Or what might happen or what the outcome might be. Exactly. And that holds them back and they stay stuck right in the circle or the cycle, you know? Yeah. It and 
that place that you get stuck in it literally is a circle yeah <laughs> like you're literally yeah. like yeah. a hamster, hamster running a hamster yeah wheeler. like you're just like seriously not, not this happening in the air but nothing more cardio and i've <laughs> always felt right right <laughs> losing weight sweating but i'm like i've always felt uncomfortable with that because even with you know starting out starting out thinking i'm gonna do law because coming from jamaica and having my godparents like i'm you know if i'm paying for your college you're gonna do law what yeah, no no but I don't know if that's what I want to do. No, you know? exactly. So, exactly. And then I realize I go to college and then I'm like, no, I actually want to do journalism. I want to do public relations. And then when I do public relations, I'm like, no, I want to do broadcast journalism. And then I took a whole nother path once I even got to that space where I'm like, oh, this this is a different experience for me. I want I want to try something else. And I still had responsibilities, but I wasn't I guess my parents have always created a space that regardless of how challenging things are going to be you're going to be okay. Yeah. You can always come home. You know, I'm going to ask this question earlier. I, I would have probably asked it later, but I'm going to ask it now. Um, and I think it's better for you to answer because we know that you've had career success for sure. Right. You've had relationship experiences, which would be deemed as successful in society, meaning getting married, right. which people love, you know, in yeah. terms of ticking off the boxes. Right. And you're still doing well and you're happy. What of the people who think that you're just unsettled, you know, that you're, you're just flitting, you're just flitting from thing to thing to thing under the guise of fearlessness. But really, you just, you just don't know what you want. So I actually don't have anyone who's ever shared that opinion. (laughs) So I really don't know if people think that because if you know me, you know, I'm going to do me, you know, I'm going to live life to the fullest. So the people who I have around me, they wouldn't and even come to you with that energy, right? Because they don't even process things the same way. But they also trust that when you choose to do something, right. that it's coming from a place of... She's thought about it. Right. She, she, right. Shelly's got this. All right. No, and I'm glad I, po- I posed that devil's advocate question because for the listeners who want to interpret fearlessness as just moving with every knee jerk. No. That's not what I process it as. And I don't believe that's what you process no. it as. Um, I would move more with a gut, a gut, but it's still a gut with some informed decision. Like you, right. take, t- you take time to process the, the changes, right. right? None of these things have happened. Uh, maybe a few have happened quickly, but overall, they, these are things you've thought through. Each, each decision. So I plan. Ah. <laughs> Talk to me <laughs> about that part. I don't move without a plan in place. Yes, so tell things, me about that. Things align for me in a way because I have also planned So while I'm planning and even the move did the research, I went away. My my cousin, actually, my ex-husband's cousin was already in Tallahassee and she was in school. And I went with her and I visited and I'm like, okay, I checked it out. Right. This is how it feels. This is what it looks like. I feel comfortable here. Then I go back and then I propose the idea to the core group. Right. To the the circle of seven. (laughs) There's going to be a theme song. Right. right. I was like. Should should we, should we do, do this? Yeah. I, I I even I I seek their input. Yeah, and they're then really you're thinking about this, and I'm like, yeah. They don't discourage, so my circle never discourages right. because they know that I'm prepared with something that I'm bringing. They to just them. ask you questions, right, to make sure that you've you've thought it through. You know? Absolutely, right. And if I haven't, then we're again I'm with a, a very vocal group, so. They will then we're going to explore. We're going to explore what that feels like. Let's, let's explore this dark area that you haven't gone to, Shelly. We're going to shine a light. Right. Light mm-hmm. Exactly. And if it's something where I don't want to hear it, then I will then say, "I'm not yeah, ready." I don't, no, not that I'm ready. I really don't want to hear what you're going to say. So that will happen at I'm another ready. meeting. When we when yeah, next time you listen to that, right? Next meeting right. for that. But exactly. that's good. It actually does give you more time. To process. Yeah. No, this is an important part of the conversation because perceived fearlessness is not just running out in the streets widely, that there is planning and thought before decisions are made. Right. Just that you are prepared to deal with the outcome. All right. Wonderful. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's there's an element even to, you know, I believe we, most of us, I'm fortunate to have a very good support system. That's it, yeah. And if it's not an extension of the people who I've met in my life, it's an extension of the people that my parents know. Yeah. So I, call I have favor. an aunt. Yeah. You know how we have that auntie that really is not blood yeah. auntie, but yeah, that's auntie. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. now I graduate from college, right? And I'm, okay, what's going to be the first job? You know what? I want to move to New York. And my aunt comes to visit. And my aunt's like, well, you know what? I have a basement apartment, Shelly. You know what? You're welcome to it. 
And I'm like, uh, I have an in. I can live somewhere <laughs> when I get there. But I moved there without a job. Right. So I'm, I'm out of college now and I'm, I get there and I have no job. So thankfully, I knew how to network. So I, I networked and was able to find my first job in New York was a PR job. And I'm doing it. And I was like, mm, this is not where I want to be. Not it, yeah. I want to go you know, into the broadcast journalism space. And I remembered wait, I built a relationship with people from, from college, right? So I reached out to them and then I get another opportunity to interview at CBS News. Wow. And yeah. that was really interesting because it was a page program, very entry level. So they had a similar thing in California mm -hmm. and you had to obviously be in California in order to do it because it's a page and you're going to be moving people from different sets to sets in different um there it was TV shows. In New York, it was either for, at the time, in the CBS building, they had the uh, 106 in Park. Yeah. So they had the BET shows in the Viacom building. So yeah. you're either going to escort guests for that. Right. Or you're going to escort them to the evening news, uh, 60 Minutes, or something like that. So I'm like, Pana, I'll take an entry low, job. Low-key exciting in a weird way. <laughs> very exciting, <laughs> but very intimidating right, at the right, same time. Right, right, Because you get into this building, and then it's, you know, security, and then you got to take your photo and all this stuff. So I get there, I go for the interview, and I do the interview. And at the end, this guy's like, oh, you know, well, um, you just keep calling us. You know, you got to call us. Uh, you know, I would recommend you call us every day to find out if a slot opens. <laughs> what kind of life that, yeah. You know, I'm like, is this Devil Wears Prada? Like, what is going on? Like, they're, they really have gatekeepers right, right, in right, these spaces. Right, right. And you're like, it's, I have to call you even every a day. Maybe it's even a test to see if you have the... Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then you're like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. No problem. So the very next day I'm, ring, you know, <laughs> ready to call and, and do that. But before that happened, the same day that I interviewed... I remembered, and I don't know why it didn't come to me just before. So I had a professor in college, and she was the vice president for NBC News, and she had come back to give back to her alma mater. And she comes back, and we build a relationship just off of um, how we interacted with each other, right? And I remembered, oh, wait, she is now working here at CBS. I want to call her before I leave the building. Yeah. So the guy's ready to walk me out because we've done an interview now. And he's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm he's done with done you. With that, yeah. Make sure you call us. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But as I'm walking out, I said to him, oh, um, can I use the restroom? And he was like, oh yeah, just go ahead. And he points me in the direction and he leaves me alone. So I get into the restroom <laughs> and I call her Right. and I'm like calling, 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 no answer. I'm in the building. I want to at least see her, you yeah. know, because you never know. Maybe never. I'll get to meet someone. Maybe I could have a job opportunity. Right. Maybe she's best friends happen. with this guy. Exactly. <laughs> Something. <laughs> She'd be like, Bob, hire her. No. Exactly. Exactly. We, I don't know what <laughs> level she's at at this on, point. Right? Yeah. So I'm calling, calling, calling. I stayed in that restroom for an hour. Uh, <laughs> this guy thinking they're stealing fixtures or something like she must have some bad diarrhea. Something not going I in there. I stayed in there. So here's the thing. I forgot that they had their morning meeting for the news. So before you can start on any day for yeah, a newscast, yeah, you have the to have the morning meeting. She was probably in her morning meeting. She was in the morning yeah. meeting. So I'm glad I stayed. Yeah. Thankfully. The hour in the bathroom. In the hour in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> thankfully it was fairly clean. So she responded and she's like, oh, Shelly, come on up. So I'm like, yes, I'm still in the building. I get up there and I get up there. And she introduces, then I realized she's the boss. So yeah. she introduces me, everybody on a news desk. Oh, she's wow. like, oh, this is one of my former students, blah, blah, blah. She introduces me. And then, you know, I'm like, wow, I got to meet all these people. Maybe there's going to be an opportunity. I don't know. At this point, I don't know. Yeah. So I get home. Next day I wake up. I call, excuse me, I call uh, the guy back and I'm like, okay, you know, hey. Um, hi, this is Shelly. I'm just calling to find out if any slots open, you know, for the page program. And he was like, you know what? Thank you for calling. But no, we don't have anything yet. I really love your enthusiasm. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, great. Ten minutes later, she calls me. And she was like, Shelly, you know, my managing editor, he called, you know, and he said he has a slot open as a news desk assistant. Are you interested? Wow. And I'm like, what? She was like, can you come into the city? But she knew and you were looking interview? for a job, right? She knew. She knew I'm fresh out of college. She knew an entry level position would have been fantastic. Yeah. 
But obviously this is someone that reports to her and is like, oh, someone quit today. Someone had quit that day. Yeah. And the very next day they call me in. I get to the city. I sit with him. He goes over like what the job would entail. It's entry level. So there's not much that you're going to really do for an interview. But besides you someone job giving you an opportunity. And it's, in, and it's in, yeah, in that field. Right. And I started that very day. Look, look, at, <laughs> look at God. Look at life. Look at God. Yeah. And it was very intimidating. Yeah. But all the pieces, like I said, were already in place. Relationships had been built. There was a certain level of comfort. You know, even though I was uncomfortable being in a building, it's still I had met somebody who's there. I had a relationship with someone and things kind of just aligned. And within three months, I was able to move on to another position. And I stayed with them for almost five years. Mm -hmm. And I held four or five different positions while I in was the there. In the five years, which is a, yeah. which is a good good movement for, yeah. for, you know, it's funny how all of these topics, you know, when we, we put fearlessness on this episode, but it ties right back down to the secret and magnetism and visualization and universal flow and just kind of doing what you feel like doing if it yeah. feels right. And Absolutely. The, and, and the universe will conspire and, and just provide exactly, exactly. <laughs> it will just open up look at that you're looking for a job in one place same building then the next job open up and right. then you're working and it, it just was so great to walk by him in the hallway and be like oh, oh I'm, yeah I'm i work CBS. here <laughs> right <laughs> so all of a sudden your right, id is in your hand your id is by your face right. oh, oh am right. i holding my id by my face i yeah. have a full-time job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not part-time yeah it uh, was great all right so all right wonderful so Jamaican girl migrates at 15, gets married at 18, out of marriage, moved to New York, new job, homeowner. Now you're in, you clearly stayed there for five years. Right. You keep moving. And this is generally Shelly. You keep yeah, moving. Yeah, I do. Run me through some of the next moves that people would probably view as, as, as fearless moves. Okay. So retrospect. this is the big one. Mm -hmm. So we were still in the States kind of going through our perspective shift towards people from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And that was something where many people had their own levels of discomfort, you know, kind of what we're seeing now with um, the negative uh, things that are happening to people who are of Asian descent within in the yes. U.S. because of COVID yes. and so on, right? Yes. So then because of terrorism and how things were painted, anything that had to do with the Middle East was seen as a negative. Yeah. I had covered a news story and it was a bombing that was in Lebanon. And it's so funny because years later I go to Beirut and I'm like head down south and I was super close to and saw places that I'd seen and captured footage on for one of the shows that I'd produced. So it was really interesting and I'm, I'm jumping around right. here. To but be there in real life and to see be there in real and life not feel and the same way not, as how the yeah. sensationalism felt. And, and things always kind of add on. Like before going to New York, I'd not been exposed to Middle Eastern culture much mm -hmm. outside of having family members who were of Middle Eastern descent. But it was still not something very um, comfortable or um, experienced. I didn't have much experience in it. Right. So in that culture. So I met someone in New York, a uh, fellow uh, news person, and they were from Egypt. Their family was from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And I got immersed into the culture that way. So it started like little, little building block. Little. Right. So you were being prepared. I was being without prepared knowing. without yeah. knowing. Yeah. And at the same time, while I was in the newsroom, you know, I'm, I'm young, I'm in a newsroom and I want to progress. But then we had the writer's guild strike and that was affecting us. And then I was trying to understand how unions worked in this space. And we saw that they were doing a huge convergence with now I'm actually doing video for this is, you know, new at the time when we were putting our news content onto the website. Right. So you could go to the website and view the content. Right, but this deal. was after I was on the show and I just helped produce, you know, so a segment for a show. Now I'm coming back and I'm loading it up. And then there was this whole conversation. Well, that's two separate jobs and you shouldn't do this and blah, blah, blah. And <clears throat> there was a lot of conversation happening around what does the future look like for news? And it's, it's interesting to see the space where we're right, in now. Right, right, right. But I realized this was not going to be a place that I wanted to be. And some of it, too, was because I was never comfortable in entertainment news. I was more comfortable in hard news stories and, yeah. and really um, making sure that I stuck to the factual the facts, reporting yeah, and yeah, not yeah. the sensationalized right. idea of what people wanted to hear. And I, I saw that 
people there are different people who control what we're actually right. seeing and, and then well with all news that's how it is but with entertainment news even worse like everybody exactly. is olivia pope meaning you know they push out what they want to push out which i get yeah but yeah it's yeah not your space right not my space and i'm very uncomfortable in a setting where it does not feel authentic right right so right, for right, me right, right. It, things just it just didn't feel right so i started kind of exploring in my mind what would be next right and just so happened there was a guy that i had met in college and i i started to date him and he was like you know what i have a friend he's doing you know government contracting and he's overseas and you know he's making xyz and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> what he making what right, he doing <laughs> right like wait 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 tell me more <laughs> and he's not stressed out because i don't have holidays anymore <laughs> right i what holiday you know, a news story could break and I have to be, literally be, be at there, work right. or I could be stuck there. Like it was just, no, you can make what for what? What? <laughs> and all I need to do is move. So it's just a t-shirt. <laughs> what for what? What? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, I got to do this. I got to I've got to find out what this is about. Right. And I started asking people who were in the newsroom with me who had covered the war. And they're like, well, Shelly, you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yes, I think I want to go over, you know, to the Middle East. And this would be something that is different. So I want to leave this career because I never thought that I was going to have one career, just so you know. So, so you, always, um, you always knew you would have probably tried different things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I just think also it's a generational thing, too. Yeah. I don't think we are our parents who were no. like, yes, I'm going to be this one yeah, thing yeah. and that's it for life. No, there's so many dimensions to who you are as a person. And you want to explore that. And for me, you can relate. Yes. So yeah. Every day, every day <laughs> me I try to come out of this career, one of them, one of them. Right. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. Yeah. I don't hate it, but I just don't see myself doing it for the rest right. of my life. Like, I just don't. You don't. And I then when you see where there are other ways that if money is important to you, you can make money. Yeah. Or your time is valuable to you and you want to preserve that. You figure out a way to kind of make it work. For me at that time, and I just sold my home, mm -hmm. I was like, well, money is important to me right now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Forget all that other stuff. Money is important to me now and I want to make a certain amount of money. So I'm willing to go to the Middle East to do it. Yeah, I think I'm so, at that space right now where I think money might be important to me right now. <laughs> yeah, like that's where my headspace right, is. Right, right. And that's like, okay. I want that stability, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't like the feeling of not having that stability. So I'm like, I need to settle this. And you don't have forever, you know? That's the thing, you don't you have don't forever. You don't have forever. So you, have to, you do have to make some wise decisions. And this is where people get stuck sometimes. So anyway, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're but you really no. have to step into that discomfort. So I was really like, okay, I, I ran it by everybody. And they're like, what are you doing? It just so happened, the guy that I was dating, he left. So this was like a December. And he leaves to go. He takes a job, right? And he was also in television working at you know, Bloomberg and all this good stuff. And he moves and I'm still in the city and I'm kind of left with, okay, now I'm, you know, what yeah. am I going to do? Like, I need to make a decision. So in, in that February, I was like, okay, I'm applying for these jobs and nothing's happening. So for my vacation, I booked a flight. And you went over there. I went over there. Are you worried about sharing age? Uh, uh, I mean, no, never are. Good. Let's keep moving. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so I... <laughs> You know, I'm okay without so, having it. I was just wondering about timeline wise, you know. Oh, so like, in like, I'm like, in my twenties. Gotcha. We can I can work with that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, you're still like, oh my gosh, this could work. Oh my gosh, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. So I go over there on my vacation and we set up for me to get interviews with different people and I knew I interviewed well. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about that part of it. What was So you go over there for the vacation finding, and I interview for job I over went there? For, so it really wasn't a vacation. Job interview so, right it was job it was job interviews but i told my job i'm going on a vacation so i took a week vacation and oh, went to kuwait that old job going over there so yeah to so do i'm still at cbs yeah but you're doing and now i'm making over the move in so remember you're you gotta yeah, plan the yeah, thing yeah plan you know, the thing you know you're uncomfortable right. yeah but you gotta vacation plan it out. interviews right, right. <laughs> so we're utilizing the space to go see the man that you care about at the time <laughs> and you're like well i'm gonna interview as well but when i get there it's a culture shock yeah so I was not used to hearing a morning prayer. Yeah. We still have that tense feeling towards, will I be safe in a Middle Eastern country? And this right. is 11, you know, years ago. Yeah. So now, you know. Yeah. yeah. So this is 11 years ago and I'm very 
unsure of how I fit into this space. The women are covered. Um, it's dusty. It's hot. It and you're is, black. Well, that well, did not that, become that a dynamic oh, because that's that a issue. plus for me in right. the Middle East. Okay, good. So, yeah, I am Teaching. golden. Mm-hmm. I am great. Yeah. So that was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was still where things weren't as modern as they are now. So, yeah. you know, you see people are all like, oh, I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. 11 years ago, it was not like this. Right, right. So um, it was very different and it was what it was going to become now, but it was still a very tense feeling. So I get there and I interview and it just still felt so strange. Everything felt uncomfortable. Everything felt um, weird. The heat, the having to cover, not knowing the currency, not speaking the language. Um, Then you didn't realize, you know, as many people who did not speak English openly, but they, some did, and they, you know, trying to communicate with a taxi driver. And it was just... That week was very difficult for me because as an American in that space, because now I'm traveling as an American, it was very difficult to separate. Yeah, yeah, to separate what they were telling you in the States and then what was reality. Right. And the two are coming together now. All at once. All at once. right? So then I'm like, you know, I don't know, but I'm still going to try to do this. Money was a motivating factor. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. This time we're like, job, it, it good like, job. Yeah, right. I'm going for it. Discomfort. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's Money's nothing the more uncomfortable factor. than moving to a country where you don't speak the language and the culture is totally different from what you yeah. know. And it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. So I get back and I gave. I a week later they told me I had the job, so I gave my two weeks notice, and then I started telling everyone, "Hey guys, I'm moving to the Middle East," and they're like, "Shelly, you're crazy, you're crazy, right?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not really crazy. <laughs> I just want to make money. I don't right. want to, you know." I'm not staying there forever. Right, then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> then, so I then I had to tell the family, and that was what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why? Wait. Right. Why? Why did you can't get a job? You don't have to go there. Yeah. Like it was just yeah. They want yeah. They wanted what's yeah. up. Yeah. Everybody was kind of like, Shelly. What? And then my my cousins who are Middle Eastern descent were like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. You get to go live there. Right. And then, and then like, you're, oh. yeah, everybody's perspective. So was everybody's different. perspective was different. But the joy that I have is. Everyone knows they can share their perspective. Yeah. They know that I will still make my own <laughs> I'm going to do me anyway. <laughs> well, that's why me and you will be friendly now. Can you understand right. me? I'm one of the people who just do what me and do. I'm going to do, yeah, gonna gonna do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing your opinion. <laughs> I appreciate you. This Thanks. is what we're about to do. I'm moving to the Middle East. Exactly. Yeah. So I, again, now get on this flight. But just before that happens, the one person I know in the Middle East decides that he wants to break up with me. Whoa. So now yes. you don't even have a support so person. So I don't have any support Yeah, person. you want no one on the Nothing. job. Right? Nothing. But they're English speakers at the job. English speakers in at the, the work, job. Right. Which is... The work, I'm mostly yeah. around Americans. It's fine. But so. my discomfort was coming from, and genuine fear yeah. was from everyone else day that to I didn't day know. Day-to-day life, right? Day-to-day life. And having to interact. And then once you get there, the other thing that becomes a thing that you have to adjust to is the way the driving happens. Because nobody cares. Right, and right. If you think Jamaica bodies, that's worse. It's worse. Yeah. So imagine coming on a dirt road. It's lonely, no street lights. And then the person who's coming the opposite way does not have their lights, street lights turned on. Right. Them kind of things, right? So their headlights are off and you just see, phew! Like what? What? I hear Lagos is an experience too. Never been, but <laughs> or <laughs> I, someone's coming behind you. You don't see them. It's it's at night and you're driving, and then all of a sudden they get behind and they flash their lights. Yeah. Yes. And then from a woman perspective, and it, it's primarily happened to a lot of people who were blonde hair. For some reason, that was like a thing. Mm-hmm. But back then, men would follow you. So if I was driving a car by myself. I would get followed in the car. And that became something that was very frequent. Yeah. And then once you get comfortable and once you start to know the place and then you're like, listen, don't follow me like you can get and then they'll leave you alone. But you, why, you why don't know it, if you can say the, anything. What's the intention? The cultural so it's, thing. It's, it's, it's twofold. Yeah. Um, one is the curiosity of, you know, who is this, you know, but it's also how people meet people. By following them then, in right, their and if nice. you give me an eye contact, you have to be very careful. Or what it may have, right, what it may have what translated, it may right? Translate to that person, right? right. And then there are different nuances right, about right, right. because there's no real open dating. Right. So someone's really either genuinely showing interest, or they probably would want and to do you harm. In I don't any know. space where 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 things are hidden, there's always like a 
underworld. There is an underworld. <laughs> so there's that element to it too. And there's then if you're underworld. new to that, you don't, you don't even know, know what the hell is going on. Yeah? You don't, you have and this no is like clue. coming to Jamaica. Like I'm sure a lot of tourists love Jamaica. The people are nice. The food is good. Right. But if you don't live here, there are a lot of nuances that you're going to miss. Yes. That can keep you safe. Or that can, whatever they are. Whatever they are. are and that applies of, to every, every culture. Every country, right? Every country, every culture. Every, every city, every everything has a, yeah. Because on the same token, and just to close that thought process for being in the Middle East, I absolutely loved being there at many different points. Right. So I could walk up to an ATM. It could be a long line of men. I'm the first one. They right. will definitely they will let you, they they'll they, get out they the defer way. Defer to you, yeah. Defer to you. During COVID last year, we had a lockdown. That was extreme lockdown because they locked the whole country down. So mm-hmm. we could only we would joke and say we could go out on the yard for an hour. Yeah. So we would <laughs> we'd only get an hour yeah, that's that we it. could get out the house. Yeah. But when we made an appointment, we had to go to the supermarket. Uh once you got there, women and families were first. And you would see the long line of men. And that was okay. That yeah. was normalized. You were you are such a crucial part of the society as a woman that it's respected. Yeah. You know, and they're, you know, simple things. You have women have special parking spaces, you know, especially if you're a family for what you have special parking spaces. It at almost, different seem, almost seems bizarre. Yes. In a, in a world that's fighting for equality for yes. women, you have a space where women are kind of in one sense held on a pedestal. Correct. But in another sense, they have to stick to such very strict correct moral values and in a way i'm sure for some of them a lack of self-expression which they may not mind or they may mind right so there's it's like nuances. a paradox right yes, yeah absolutely yeah. there's so many nuanced things that you learn just being there and because of those things when i would tell people oh i live in kuwait or i'm you know and they would only see me once a year or whatever and i'm like what we and i'd be like listen we can communicate like normal you know, yeah. and back then Skype was kind of coming on that, board and that, that was, was a hot, big yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would communicate by Skype and still people were like, I don't know how to reach. And I'm like, just use yeah, Skype. Just use Skype. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a FaceTime, um, yeah. WhatsApp video kind of world then. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, as much. And once that started coming into play and then I could start showing people more like, look, this is where it looks yeah. like. This is how. Then it changed the perception. But. Most of my friends and, and people that I know wouldn't would not have moved. They would they saw that as like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. This is a company you still work with, right? I started with that company, not the very first job, but the second job that I have over there, yeah. and I've been with them since. All right, that's wonderful. I have a few more hard hitting questions for oh, you. And really? I know, right? Hard news. <laughs> um in making that move since you've been with that company, I mean, clearly people recognize that this is not being done online. This is actually being done in Jamaica, this interview currently. <laughs> um, we're going to get to that. Were you afraid of the things women worry about in your 20s moving to the Middle East? Um, I don't believe you had any kids at the time. Were you worried about whether you'd meet someone, whether you were going to have a family of five? Like, were these things that con- that prevented you from wanting to move or you, you considered in your move? Like, what happens if I'm in the Middle East as a black Jamaican woman? Right. And is this what I'm looking for? Am I going to meet a partner? Like, what the hell? Right. And you pick up yourself and go over the same <clears throat> way? That's fearless. <laughs> <laughs> so What was that um, thought process like? So there was always this thing with people that they're like, you know, if you're a black woman, you know, the likelihood of you finding someone. Right, right. That's you know, the perception, I don't have right? kids, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I can count on my hand how many men I have dated that had children. Right. Very minimal. Right. And the people that I've actually dated and had a relationship with did not have So you did date over there and it was okay. Oh, absolutely. I did date there and I've always just had that perspective like... With with the Americans there or or even with the Middle Eastern? Both. So... I've just realized that when it comes to dating and relationships, I don't have to worry. I just don't have that. I don't have that feeling of, oh, it's not going to happen. You know, and I brought up about the dynamic with being a black woman and yes. how, you know, you're not going to. Yeah. Right. Because and this is not because Shelly's on like, oh, Shelly, blah, blah, blah. You're this. But no, it's just not happened for me. 
Yeah, no. So, I, I think I, I mentioned the black thing because I think it's my ignorance about the culture as well. Right. So I'm, I'm assuming that once you're black in a space where everybody might look on you as different, that you'll be a novelty or like, you know, because I had friends who had gone to Greece mm-hmm. and, and being black in Greece apparently is in, interesting because there are a lot of Africans there. And if you're not from Nigeria, or Africa, people automatically assume that once you're black, you're from Africa. And there were certain cultural things right. about how those black people were perceived. Right. Which caused them to treat you differently. So, you know, I've heard different stories. Greece no, is that's not the very Middle East, pre- But, that's, you know, that's there are different prejudices yeah. that exist. So I was wondering what the prejudices may have been like for you. But it didn't sound like there were many. So here's the thing about Kuwait. Yeah. Majority of the people that I was around that were Kuwaiti look like me. Ah, got you. Got so you. the Kuwaitis that I know. Yeah. That I'm close to. Right. They look like you. They look like me. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> All right. But so they're you're Arabic. Teaching you're teaching me. Yeah, they're Arabic. So, right? so for me, I had a completely different experience. Right, I right. would go to the people that look like me, their weddings, and then I'd see more people that look, that look like, like you. me. Yeah. And then I'd see a cross section just kind of like here in Jamaica where you see people of all different right. shades. So it's just an appreciation of how the different people pre- present in the culture. Right. right. But again, stereotypes do cause you to have visuals right. of what you think it looks like. And people and think that Middle Eastern. Yeah. Middle Eastern people are fairer skin and they're not, not, not yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. they're people who look like me who are, I am Arabic. Yeah. And whether we want to go into the nuances of, yeah, you no, know, this whole, is, yeah, that's a whole nother episode too, right? Yeah. But the people that I was around look like me. <laughs> we stay right there. So Shelly's fearless about dating too. I want to take you on, uh, this is probably the last, the last thing I want to take you on, which is, you're still working, but right now you are currently based in Jamaica and right. and it's a pandemic. Yeah. And I think moving anywhere or temporarily or whatever or during a pandemic is traveling during a pandemic is scary. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people view this move as fearless. Yes. Um, this is where oh. I'll give you all some history. I met Shelly in 2012 at Trinity Carnival. Yes. It was both of us were there for the very first carnival. It wasn't my first time in Trinidad, but first carnival. And we've kept in contact over the years. Absolutely. And now she's right in front of me. <laughs> and she's fearless. Social distancing. She's fe- social distancing. She's fearless guy. Could be an axe murderer. But I think over the years, she's realized I'm not. <laughs> All right, Shelly, tell me this last move now. And um, it's a big move. So what's going on now with Jamaica? You're here again. How does it feel? And, so I, it feels amazing. You're flowing again? You're following your universal flow? So I... Yes, I have done that, but I also set it up in the planning. Right. <laughs> Let's get back to the planning. Right. Back to the planning. So I knew when I visited my dad uh, three years ago, almost four, uh, he had a stroke. And I realized that, you know what? My dad's probably going to need me. Yeah. So I have to figure a way how I can get home. And that started a seed planting that seed in my mind of how could I do that? What is that going to look like? Who knew we were going to have, you know, COVID mm-hmm, in 2020? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did not know that. But prior to that, I got recognized in my company as part of Top Talent. And we were given this initiative. It was uh, six of us ended up being on this initiative to uh, increase or to really set up our strategic plan for diversity, equity, and inclusion within a company. So I'm on this career, you know, trajectory and things are looking great, right? Well, part of that, uh, I realized, okay, well, I'm in the Middle East. I'd have to work for a corporate office. But if I'm going to do that, do I have to come to Colorado? (laughs) So we started that conversation around, well, can I work remotely? This is pre-pandemic. This is pre-pandemic. Right, based on what you're doing. Yeah. slowly going into the pandemic because this was December of the year prior that the opportunity presented itself. Mm -hmm. And our CEO was like, hey, would you be interested? And would you be interested in taking a two-year sabbatical from what you're you're doing? And that's how he he termed it. So I was like, can I think about it? And then two (laughs) months later, I thought about it. That was the February. Two months later, after the circle of seven met. (laughs) Right, right, after the circle met. So, um... That February, I proposed this in February is when everything kind of went, oh, my gosh, what is happening? Right, right, right. And then George Floyd happened in the States. And that really accelerated stuff. 
So then the conversation got stronger and right. like, okay, so what will that look like? And I am so fortunate I'm in a company that when they do recognize talent, uh, you are afforded opportunities to really be your best self. Yeah. And I've never been shy about sharing, you know, my love for my father and my parents all together. Mommy, love you too. But I really have a genuine concern and care for my father and I wanted to be with him. So yeah, yeah. I saw that opportunity and they afforded you me that opportunity. You can't pay for that here. time. You can't, you can't get, you can't get that I can't back. get it back. Can't get it back. Can't get it back. And I want to be around my dad where I can be of value to yeah. him too, you know, and just support him through what he's going through. Yeah. So that's what brought me home. But what also brought me home was the love for home. Yeah. I've always missed it. I've always been the person to encourage my friends like, so when we go and move out, you know, I, or ask my my friends here. Uh, and and it, f- I'm using that term Lucy too, because then I realize once you move away, like they're not your friends no more sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Because things change, yeah, you know, and people, you people are, are that growing. Yeah, people are more and, acquaintances. Our friends right. who you touch base with every now and again. Right. And then they're I was hearing the, the horror stories of the people who were here. Right. Discouraging me from coming. And then the horror stories from people who were only visiting and not living the experience. And it's like and you move into the Middle me. East. It's the same thing. It's kind of like perception versus reality. And then, and then you have to come for yourself and see what's really happening here. And how is it functioning? And how will exactly. it affect me? And how will it affect me? And, and even is it more so. Is it not livable? This is my home. Exactly. This exactly. is this is me. Yeah. This is. And nobody I can, lead with nobody, I'm Jamaican. Yeah, nobody can take that away from you. So I right. must can come back to Jamaica and live, right? Exactly. <laughs> I lead with I am Jamaican. Yeah, so, so how can how... I be fearful of my home? Yeah. And to go back to your point and introduce you, I do lead with that. And I just thought about that. I lead, well, I'm Jamaican. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how can I say I'm Jamaican, but I'm fearful of, of my people? Yeah, I'm fearful people. of Jamaica. Yeah. I'm fearful of, you know going out into the backyard and if there's a goat out there scared to touch the goat yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah or scared to experience yeah. jamaica in its fullness I feel like you know and, and i yeah. i see a lot of people and they'll come back and they're like oh i'm gonna go to kingston i'm gonna live this blah blah and you know i did get the folks who were like you're not gonna want to be in saint Anne, you're not you're gonna get bored but i am also a simple right so, so based on your like i'm still a country girl okay, right i'm okay with that and we have I'll, a highway now. the excitement <laughs> it's beautiful one (laughs) and two for anybody who's lived anywhere with a lot of driving it's not a big deal it's not a big deal and and i've shared that with you like coming to the city is like what i'll be there no problem it's no when we have to take a train from canarsie for guaman on 55 minute one way one 45 minute drive on the highway is not a big deal it's not a big deal (laughs) it's really not and i am in such an appreciative space yeah uh, this just feels fresh and new and it's vibrant. And, you know, now I get to, you know, some of my other friends would, you know, I live where you vacation. <laughs> you can drop that and meme. I, right. I live like, where you. Uh, yeah. But I don't even see that, that I am alive. Yeah. I'm alive. And I, just I think feel coming so here full. in a pandemic is interesting, too, because I think what will happen if you if you end up staying long enough is that the world will go back to its normal self. Yeah. And you would have gotten to acclimatize again at a quiet time. Yeah. And then it will become loud again. But it right. will be interesting. It will almost be like a gradual mm-hmm. welcome back, you know, in a yeah, way. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I am just so alive right now. And yeah. I, I just said that word and I'm using it again because uh, it just, everything just feels, it feels great. And it feels right. It feels right. It she- feels right. My last question for you, Shelly, and I always like to do this at the end of the episode is... um. To the people who hug up fear, the people who are stuck on the hamster wheel, who just get knee-jerk things and gut movements and they just never listen and they never, you know, they never ever act on it. What advice do you have for them? I'm not in the business of giving advice to people. <laughs> I, like, I like that, right? This is not my job, but... Right. What's your opinion on that? But seeing as you brought me into this... <laughs> I'll tell you what uh, one of my my mentors said to me, and that was, live, just do it. The worst that that can happen is you die. We're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Steve Jobs quote like that, but I like the Shelley quote. (laughs) The the mentor quote through the mouth of Shelley. Just live. 
dead anyway. That's the worst that can happen. And when you die, guess what? It's over. It's over. We're all gonna have there's an no, end. Right. There's no opportunity to express yourself at that point yeah. anymore. Nothing. So do it while you can, right? Yeah, and if you want to tell that person, hey, I love you, tell them. Tell him, right? Yes, live. Shoot your shot. <laughs> Shelly. I will. <laughs> Shelly, thank you so much for being here, guys. Shelly drove in from Ochi for our social distance um, podcast recording. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, I don't know if this is one of those episodes where you want people to find you, but if you do want anyone to find you, now is your time to drop anything. But I know that you're a girl that's quiet on social media, so you don't need to be found there, right? Yeah, so I am just acclimating to social media based on the previous job that I had. Right, so I did so, not expose myself yeah. on the internet like no. that. So I'm really so not we're in we're a not, space where people could find l- me. Let's leave that there then. Um... Shelly, thanks again. You're welcome. You've just listened to episode number 53 of Talk Truth with me, your boy, Mario Evan. And that was a wonderful interview with Shelly Green on fearlessness. And I hope you got a lot of gems from it. And that as you move through life, you will continue to remove that learned expression of fear. And fully step into your truth and into your power and following your universal flow and rubbing up against your gut feelings and using your gut feelings to guide you into what your gut knows is right for you. Please like, follow and subscribe. Share with your friends. We are on social media at TLKTRTH. That's Talk Truth Without the Vowels all over the place. But our website is TALK. T-R-U-T-H-J-A dot com. That's TalkTruthJA.com is our website. And our email is TalkTruthJA at gmail.com. Please give us a review on Google Podcasts. Anywhere, actually. I meant Apple Podcasts. But drop a review wherever you can. Screenshot um, the picture from the cover art. Or just write a quote from the episode and drop on Twitter. Put it on Instagram, Facebook. Tag us. Show us some love. Until next time, this is Talk Truth, a place where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Blessed love.